Hey, how's it going? Happy Thursday. Welcome to The Issue with Dan Corder for News Worth Knowing. Every single Thursday, we catch you up on some of the biggest and most interesting news stories facing South Africa for the week that has just been, or at least the last seven days since the last time we did this. My name is Dan Corder, and we've got lots to talk about today. Fake diesel is being sold at over 70 petrol stations, That at least the 70 petrol stations that the government has discovered are doing this. Fake diesel being sold across South Africa. Mad. I didn't even know you could do that. I mean, granted, I've only had my license for like a year or two, but I didn't know that you could thoroughly water down diesel and have it still work just enough for your own selfish ends to like kind of, you know, get away with it. So that's the first piece of news worth knowing we're going to talk about this week. Secondly, Nelson Mandela is basically up for sale. His oldest daughter, Dr. Makaziwe Mandela, has now put over 100 of the most personal items, the stuff that you can't imagine why it would be made available for purchase to the highest bidder, even if he wasn't one of the greatest and most famous freedom fighters and iconic statesmen in the history of South Africa and the world of the human race. His hearing aids, his clothes... His ID, it's all up for bidding and up for sale, and South Africa's been having a meltdown about it. So we're going to get to that too. And finally, you may have seen news breaking just yesterday. Jacob Zuma now has to pay back over 28 million rand to the presidency that he never should have got in the first place for legal bills that he somehow managed to convince the ANC, let I'll remind you, South African government, to pay for him. All of that on this episode of News Worth Knowing. This is The Issue with Dan Corder. South Africa is a movie. Welcome to the watch party. Twice every week, we release episodes for public access on podcast streamers where you are right now and also on YouTube about some of the biggest issues facing South Africa. And we also release one exclusive episode on our Patreon page that you can go and check out, Patreon forward slash The Issue with Dan Corder. In fact, the one that we released just yesterday is completely fascinating. I interviewed Colin Bassans, who is one of the top experts in the world climate crisis and African economic development. He does his work at the top level, trying to figure out ways to mitigate the harms of the climate crisis from affecting Africa, which is so vulnerable and already being absolutely battered by a climate change crisis that Africa did not create. And Colin says a lot of interesting things about the kinds of technologies that have existed for a long time, reliable and useful, that need to be implemented to help the world move to a safer future full of green energy that doesn't harm our planet. But he also had a lot of interesting things to say about how the transition to green energy might actually be an opportunity for African nations to create wealth for their own people. It's super fascinating for all of our subscribers. Go and check it out. It really is so interesting. Lastly, if you haven't yet clicked follow or subscribe on the channel, it would be such a help if you did so. I mean, it costs you nothing and makes the world of difference for us as we try to grow the show. Right, let's get into it. Okay, first piece of news worth knowing for this week. The South African government has released a report through their Department of Mineral Resources and Energy confirming that they found at least 70 petrol and diesel refueling stations across the country that are giving out literally watered down well not literally watered down it's actually literally paraffin illuminated paraffin down diesel these refueling stations have been trying to spread the diesel further to sell more of it by when they receive it mixing it with illuminated paraffin the stuff we put in our gas stoves that stuff putting it into the diesel selling diesel at the normal rate selling more diesel because they got more of it because they've shared it out 
and putting it into our cars, into our automobiles, in buckies and trucks. So the government has confirmed this. There are probably a lot more than 70. That's just the ones that the government has actually found. And since that news broke, and we actually made a TikTok on this, we have seen thousands of people saying, I knew it. I told you so, particularly from northern areas of the country. Literally people saying, oh, I went and refilled with diesel from this one station and my bucky broke down. Other people saying, yep, in our town, if you have a diesel motor vehicle, we just know. We talk amongst ourselves and we know that these are the, the places not to go to. It's just mad. Like I know South Africans love to cook with gas, but drive, not driving with gas, guys. That is mad. We have even received messages from truck drivers from other African countries saying, yep, we know, we know this is true. And apparently many truck drivers, actually, if they're coming from Malawi or Mozambique or somewhere across the border on an international truck driving trip, carrying produce or whatever, they make sure to fill up to the absolute limit in other countries like Mozambique before they cross the border into South Africa because they say it's just too much of a risk to refuel here. And this just speaks to such a breakdown a crisis in regulation. Like you need the government to be able to make sure that this kind of, I guess, crime is not happening. That's placing South Africans in an enormous amount of danger. So I'm sure you're screaming at me, Dan, tell us where these stations are. Where are they? Let me let you know. So the best place to not get screwed by your refueling station is the Eastern Cape. They have only, well, I mean, only found one. There might be many more, but one refueling station. After that, the Western Cape and Free State have four each. Gauteng has five. Northern Cape has six. And then it gets really bad. Mpumalanga has nine. Northwest and KwaZulu-Natal have 13 each. 13! I'm sorry, but there has to be a level of paying off and bribery for 13 refueling stations to get away with this across the province. But the worst is Limpopo. 15 refueling stations they found. And now it makes sense thinking about those truck drivers going on international trips because Limpopo is the northernmost province in South Africa through which a lot of international um, truck jobs go. So if you need diesel in Limpopo, drive somewhere else. Genuinely drive. I'm not even really joking here. Get out of the province. Go to another one because it's just crazy dangerous. Although, to be clear, Limpopo borders Northwest Gauteng and Mpumalanga. You can't go to Northwest. They have 13. You really shouldn't go to Mpumalanga. They have nine. Go to Gauteng. Gauteng only has five that they found. That's marginally the safest place to go. I can't believe this is even like a public, public safety recommendation warning that I have to be giving. But South Africa's a movie and this is The Watch Party. Okay, second news worth knowing for the week, Mandela essentially being sold off to the highest bidder. Now, I know that that sounds like a dramatic statement, like a reaching headline, but it's really not. His oldest daughter, Dr. Makaziwe Mandela, has managed to come into possession of all of his most personal effects, his ID document, his clothes, all kinds of clothes, including the pinstripe suit that he wore on the day that he became South Africa's president. The rackets that he used to play ball and pass the time while in prison. And most scandalously for me, his hearing aids. His hearing aids, that most personal thing. Something he literally put in his own ears to manage his declining hearing. All up for sale to the highest bidder at an international auction house where all of the items are valued in the thousands of US dollars. Many of them over 50 or even 100,000 US dollars. This has actually been coming for a long time. In 2021, Makaziwe Mandela was unsurprisingly taken to court by a bunch of people who didn't want any of this to be sold because they said, 
Not only is this deeply, weirdly personal, it would be weird to sell off or get rid of any of this stuff, even if it was just an average person on the street, let alone an iconic elder statesman and like spiritual, emotional father of our country. But also because, yes, absolutely Mandela was an individual and a private man and a family man and special relationships and the family has a clear sense of justified ownership of him and what they do with his stuff because personal relationships and the rest. But he's also like a deeply public figure beloved by and meaning so much to a whole country. In fact, the whole world, the way people talk about him and the statues that are everywhere. And so the court case said like these kinds of effects, like gifts from the Obamas and the Clintons, like his racket, like even his ID, these are matters of heritage that matter so much to South Africa. And they wanted to stop Makaziwa Mandela from selling all of this off to private rich oligarchs and billionaire trillionaires who would just buy this stuff to keep as like a, like a fanciful, interesting trinket on their kind of like book dresses to wield out to kind of like show other hyper billionaires at the odd dinner party. And in particular, with that court case, the big item there was the key that unlocked Mandela's prison cell on Robben Island. And you can obviously understand that key enormous significance to South Africa, to the story of us as a nation. And so they tried to stop it. Long and the short of it, the court has now given permission to Makaziwe Mandela to sell more than 100 items. Not the key, though. Apparently, the key isn't in the collection that's been put up for sale, although it might be put up for sale later. Now, Magaziwe Mandela is trying to justify this by saying that she wants to create a memorial garden in memory of Nelson Mandela in honor of Madiba's legacy. And she says that she will use all of the proceeds raised from the sale of all of these more than 100 items to pay for this memorial garden. 100, more than 100 items. It sounds like clearance sale. Like everything must go, like come into Madiba's house, take everything take the hearing aids take the toothbrush in the bathroom take the rug on the floor take whatever you want take his clothes take his pants just take him it's like last discount clearance sale at a shop it's like it's giving cash crusaders it's like taking madiba and all of his personal effects to cash crusaders it just feels so rough it the taste in the mouth is so bitter particularly because over the years, the Mandelas famously have spent a lot of money, flaunted their wealth, messed up and destroyed all kinds of things that Nelson Mandela held dear, like his home in Houghton. We've all seen the pictures of that absolutely destitute property now. So to see this happen, it just feels so gross. And not just gross to the South African public, by the way. Mandelas themselves are at arms with each other about whether or not this should happen. A grandson of Nelson Mandela, Ndaba Mandela, has come out on the record and described what his aunt, Makaziwe Mandela, is doing as a disgrace. So let's look at the reasoning Makaziwe Mandela has given about how oh, we need money for this memorial garden. Firstly, why? Like, lit- like, like literally... Why? Like, what is the significance of this memorial garden at all? Could funds that might be available be better used to kind of extend Madiba's legacy in a more impactful way? Secondly, there are so many donors and corporates who want to do like corporate social investment stuff. There are so many do-gooders around the world who have already spent enormous sums of their own money creating legacy projects for Mandela, funding foundations in Mandela's name, like the Nelson Mandela Foundation, like the Mandela Heritage Foundation. 
I don't understand why they wouldn't fund this, why the strategy has not been to go and ask people and to kind of court further donations for a memorial garden if you want it so badly. Then that still doesn't justify for me the selling of his personal effects. Like, like firstly, there are other ways to go and make this money. But secondly, why sell these most personal of items and just like hog them off, not even for the good of South Africa? If you care about Madiba's legacy, this doesn't seem like a fair trade, losing all of these sacred private items and also items of significance like the racket, for example, in exchange for money that you pinky swear you're going to spend on a memorial garden. And then here's the real thing that South Africans are suspecting. South Africans are suspecting that it's not actually for the Memorial Garden at all, that one or other group of Mandelas are using this as a cash grab. And let's be honest, the Mandelas have squandered an enormous amount of wealth that Nelson Mandela created for them, and maybe an enormous amount of goodwill. Although I'll still say that you can use the name Mandela and your blood relation to the Mandelas or, you know, the foundations that they have their connection with and the blessing from Mandela to make an enormous amount of money and to walk into all kinds of rooms and to field all kinds of phone calls and to matter and to make lots of money through that connection and the brand that Mandela has been turned into, that he started, that he created in the first place. So it's all just so gross and deeply uncomfortable. And I hope that it doesn't happen, but it looks like it's going to in February. And it's just, it's just horrid. Like, think about those hearing aids. What on earth does a multi-trillionaire want with those hearing aids? What are they going to do? Pull them out at a party to their other gross ultra-rich friends and say, look at these hearing aids. These are the Mandela hearing aids. Put them in their ears to hear a little bit of the Mandela experience. It's just so off. Final story on News Worth Knowing. You may have seen a break yesterday. Jacob Zuma has to pay back more than 28 million rand to the government because it seems like he was given more than 28 million rand of our taxpayer money from government funds and budgets when he shouldn't have. Here's what you need to know. Jacob Zuma somehow managed to convince the South African government to fund a lot of his legal bills in high-profile, long-running court cases where he is trying to defend himself, like the state capture court cases, like the arms deal that's been going on for like two decades. And when I say he convinced the South African government, uh, I mean, there's a conspiracy here that makes sense that, you know, that once Ramaphosa pulled off a coup against him and got him out of ANC power... This was a nice way for the president to kind of keep Zuma on side for a little bit and kind of like, you know, simmer down the tensions. Anyway, as we know, that's not working anymore. Zuma's literally gone into open warfare on the ANC. But it seems like for years and years, the presidency authorized and the state attorney was fine with paying tens of millions of rands to Jacob Zuma to protect himself in these ongoing court cases. In 2021, the Supreme Court of Appeal ruled that Zuma never deserved nor qualified for this money and never ever should have gotten this money from the government in the first place. And the SCA, that's the Supreme Court of Appeal, the SCA ruled that the government must immediately, the state attorney must immediately stop giving Zuma money for his legal bills and must immediately go and recover, get the money back from Jacob Zuma. The tune at the time was around, you know, between 10 and 20 million rand. And then it became unbelievably awkward last year when reports came out suggesting that not only had they not got the money back, that the state had continued to pay further legal bills for Zuma and now the total could be higher than 30 million rand. And the presidency actually had to come out and deny accusations that they had ignored the ruling of the SCA and that the state attorney had purposefully not stopped the flow of money 
and had also purposefully not gone and tried to get the money back. And it's funny, the timing of the story, because just on Monday, we released our exclusive interview with Justice Minister Ronald Lamola that you can check out on podcasts and also on YouTube. And I asked him about this, and he said, no, 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 everyone's got it wrong. When the SEA ruled that the state must stop giving money to Zuma, they stopped. And then I said, okay, but like the money's increased, like it was in the 10 to 20 million range, now it's above 30 million. And he said, yes, but that's because... The state attorney investigated, and after rigorous investigation was the wording, the state attorney found that that was actually the amount of money that the state had paid to Zuma in the first place before the SCA ruling. So I said, okay, like that's awfully convenient for you guys to to say, oh, no, no, actually we did stop the flow, the, the flow of money. Uh, and now that we've done a proper investigation that's taken like two years, we're going to go and get the money back. Very sus, but okay. The big story now that came out yesterday is that the total amount that Zuma has to pay back that should never have gone to him in the first place is just over 28 million rand. But I would keep an eye on this story. I would watch it extremely carefully because of the way the story has already gone because I wouldn't be surprised if we get another breaking news story in months or years to come saying that the money hasn't gone back. But we'll see. Maybe the ANC government will surprise me. I'm not used to being surprised by the ANC government these days. Right, that was news worth knowing this week on The Issue with Dan Corder. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a second now, go check out our Patreon and that epic interview with climate and African development expert Colin Bassans on how Africa might survive and maybe even thrive as we try to get through the climate crisis together. We'll be back in just a few days' time with the latest episode of The Issue with Dan Corder. Thank you so much for listening.